Thank you. Thank you. Good. We last time I preached here, we started on a, a discipleship course. Am I echoing a bit? It's a bit, bit loud up here. Is that better? And I started a discipleship course, and the first one was called Beginning, and we looked at being born again. And today we're looking at baptizing, and I'm going to read Matthew 28, some known as the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, some they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's often a lot of confusion about baptism. Uh, we have christening, and christening is for people, babies upwards, followed by confirmation. Or we have dedication, where children are committed to the Lord and in the hope and prayer that they will one day make their own commitment to Jesus Christ. A few years ago, David Beckham had his son Brooklyn baptised or christened. And he said, I want Brooklyn christened, but I'm not sure into which religion yet. Well, that is just, doesn't make sense. And I think it's a very, very sad that the minister that was conducting the christening didn't actually explain what it means. I was uh, christened in an Anglican church uh, when I was a few months old. I want to read the, uh, the statement out. I've got, my name is John Roderick Bridger. I was baptised in the church of St. Peter and St. Paul, Godalming, on, the, on February the 16th, 1947. I was a couple of months old. And then it goes on to say, I was made a member of Christ, a child of God, and an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven. I promise to give up what is wrong, to believe what is true, and to do what is right. That's what is said on my certificate. And my parents weren't Christian. And I wasn't brought up at that stage as a Christian. And it's just not biblical. It's a contradiction in terms. The word baptism means to submit or to immerse, submerge or dip or dunk if you want. It means to go right under. The Holy Spirit doesn't use words carelessly. 
And Jesus was talking. He said, go into all nations and baptize them. And so what we're talking about here today is biblical believers' baptism for beginners. Biblical believers' baptism for beginners. Interestingly, when New Anglican Church churches have when when the Anglican Church are putting up a new building, they now have to install a baptistry. They have to. They don't get any choice. They're told. There's uh, been decided, and they have to because they're recognizing to some extent that we are in a post-Christian culture in this nation, and that they can't. Um, they can't rely upon parents bringing their children to church because the parents aren't bringing their children to church. So that's what we're talking about here today. Now, for some of you, this will be very familiar. And some of you, it perhaps will be just a prompt. But for all of us, I think that we need to have a real understanding of the importance of baptism. If you were about to depart this life and you had to say some things before you went, you would be very careful, I'm sure, and I would be very careful about what we said. Jesus, last words recorded, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Last recorded of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel. So, this is of great importance. Firstly, baptism is a step of obedience. A step of obedience on the part of the church. Go and make disciples. He's telling He's telling his disciples to go and make disciples. And on the day of Pentecost, the church was born. And since that day, the standing orders of the church, go and make disciples. Now, it's thought today, and nobody knows, only the Lord, that on a, on a typical day in, at the moment, more than 50,000 people throughout the world come to faith in Jesus Christ. More than 50,000. Not in the Western world, I hasten to add. We're talking about the third world. We're talking about countries, usually, that are under pressure. We're talking about Iran or China. We had a, a girl turn up at church uh, a few years ago, and I got talking to her, and she'd been a Christian for about 12 months. And I said, she started to tell me her story. I said, where did you get saved then? She said, Saudi Arabia. The, the Lord works his purposes when and where he chooses. So it's a step of obedience upon the part of the church. It's a step of obedience on the part of the individual. In Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, it says, when the people... <coughs> Excuse me. When the people heard this, this was Peter preaching the gospel. 
they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And the reply came back very clearly. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament church, there were no unbaptised believers. In the New Testament church, there were no baptised unbelievers. People came to faith and they got baptised. On one occasion, Peter ordered the people to be baptised. He didn't say, are you ready to be baptised? Baptism's for beginners. It's not for people who have been a Christian a long time. It's not for people who understand lots and lots of theology. It's for people who have come to faith and want to take a step of obedience. When we talk about baptism, we're talking about surrender. We're talking about surrendering to the Lord. When we declare that Jesus is Lord, we're actually saying, he's in control. He's boss. He's the one I will obey. I've stopped doing what I want, and I'm going to start doing what he calls me to do. And hopefully we, we get to that place with the confidence that what the Lord wants us to do is much better than what we want to do. Jesus said, I come that you might have life in all its fullness. We don't get a reduced life on earth before we get to heaven and everything's all right. We get a better life on earth, not necessarily an easy life on earth, but we get a better life when we follow the Lord and when we obey the Lord. It's an act of, a step of obedience and an act of significance. And this is important. It says in Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Not bad for your first sermon. 3,000 came to faith and were baptised. It's a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality. When I got baptised, I told you this morning that, um, that I fell in at the beginning, but that didn't spoil my baptism. But Stanley Vogt, the minister, who was uh, quite well known in those days, and who was a powerful preacher, uh, he said to us before we got baptised, there were 12 of us being baptised. It was a Jehovah's Witness. This Jehovah's Witness had been um, wonderfully saved and he said to me on one occasion, he said, um, I, was, I was designated to be one of the 144,000, he said. So now there's only going to be 143,999. But this Jehovah's Witness got saved and but Stanley Vogt said to us all, after you've been baptised, he said, and come up out of the water and you go and get changed, just be quiet before the Lord and expect him to touch you in some way. And, and he did. I had a dis most incredible feeling of his just, just was within me. And I didn't want to talk to anybody. didn't really want to see anyone. I just wanted to experience this peace. 
going into the water represents death. Going under the water represents burial. And coming up out of the water represents resurrection. We give up our old life. We die to our old life. We get buried. And then we come up to live a new life for Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, in the power of Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, 4, it says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There is a new life on offer to every born-again believer. significant positively baptism I went to Burundi years ago and I've mentioned before here I'm sure but I saw the nearest thing to the New Testament church in operation there and on one Saturday I was talking to David the church leader and we were, they were experiencing revival renewal they were experiencing hundreds and if not thousands of people coming to faith in the time when the civil war was had just erupted. I said to David, what do you do about baptisms? And he just looked at me and smiled, and he said, we do them on Saturday. Every Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they had a baptism in the church grounds, and the church had an old swimming pool there, and, and I was expected to go and take part in these baptisms. Well, I turned up, and there were hundreds of people there. And the worship went on for about an hour before we got round to baptisms. And then we got to the baptisms. Well, it was, it was one of the most joyful occasions I've ever been part of. And we were baptizing these people, and they were coming up out of the water, worshiping the Lord, speaking in tongues, liberated and joyful and I was talking to to David afterwards and he said he said what we find with baptism he said he said not everyone gets baptized but he said that for those people who get baptized that we're finding that they nearly always go on with the Lord those people that don't get baptized, he said, so often they drift back into whatever they were involved in before. Sometimes it was worship of uh, idols and all sorts of things and sometimes dead religion. But he said the baptism is the thing that actually gives them a new beginning. There's a positive difference. We went to India a few years ago and there was a negative difference there. What they found in India was, at the time, and it's probably no different, in fact it's probably got worse, is that when people came to faith that there wasn't much reaction. It didn't really matter. But when they got baptised, 
that their family would turn upon them, the community would turn upon them, and they would really, you know, often have to leave their homes. And it was as if baptism, you know, that you can be a Christian, but you're not committed, and you can just be, you know, just be there. But if you're baptized, you're serious. You're serious, and you're saying, Jesus is Lord, and I want to follow my Lord, and I will, in spite of my culture, in spite of my upbringing, in spite of my family, in spite of my previous religion. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Baptized by one spirit into one body. The church. We were setting up a new church in 1995, and we had a blank sheet of paper. And so we could we have the constitution that we wanted. And I talked to the regional minister at the time about it, and, and we were talking about baptism. And he said, well, all, all of the newer Baptist churches, they make baptisms uh, an optional extra. If you can be a leader, you have to be baptized, but you can be a member if you've been christened or done anything else. And he said, that seems to be the way. Our leadership team got together. And we felt very clearly that the Lord was saying that baptism should be a requirement of membership. That it was biblical and that why wouldn't we want, why wouldn't someone want to get baptized? Well, the interesting thing was that in that period of time, in the five years now, the church has baptized, I would guess the church has baptized nearly a thousand people. They baptized 21 people on this last Easter day. They got three people baptized next Sunday. People coming to faith and, and really, really realizing that, that Jesus is Lord. And yet, there are other Baptist churches in the same locality that haven't baptized anyone for a year or two. Jesus said, go into all nations and make disciples, baptizing them. He couldn't have been clearer. And to be truthful, if I could find a verse in Scripture that would enable me to be baptized again, I would do it gladly. Lastly, baptism is a spiritual experience. It's a sacrament. A sacrament is a physical happening with a spiritual effect. It isn't just about getting wet. There's much more to it than that. And Jesus' baptism is the perfect example. In Luke 3, I'll just read a, a couple of verses from Luke chapter 3. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, 
You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. What happened when Jesus was baptised? Well, first of all, he submitted. He submitted to his father. Secondly, the Holy Spirit came on him. This was the time when Jesus was empowered or equipped by the Holy Spirit for ministry. Up until that time, he hadn't ministered in a miraculous way at all. But this was the time. This was the start of his ministry. And the Father spoke to him. And what a word of encouragement for the Lord as he was about to start on three years' ministry that would end with his death. You are my son whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. It's Father's Day today. What better, what better words could a father speak to a son? You are my son whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. So what should happen when we get baptised? Exactly the same. Baptism is a time of submission. It's a time of obedience. It's a time, actually, when we show that our faith really matters. It's a time when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We always lay hands upon people after they have been baptized and pray for the Lord to fill them with his Holy Spirit and to bless them in whatever way he chooses. People's experience varies enormously. But God always does something. And it's always good. And then the Father speaks. One of the things that I took very seriously was a baptismal verse for people. We would give them a card and with a baptismal verse. And we would pray what that verse might be. We would ask the Lord to give us a verse. I had a verse on, on given to me when I got baptised. And I remember it. And to this day, and it was from Romans. And it was, in him who sin abounds, grace will much more abound. And that was, was an encouragement for me because my life before I was a Christian was, was not good. And it's been so much, much better since. Still plenty of room for improvement. But life is good with the Lord. So it's a step of obedience. It's an act of significance. It's a spiritual experience. When Philip was sharing the gospel with the man from Ethiopia, he told him about Jesus, and the Ethiopian eunuch said to him, why shouldn't I be baptized? He'd only just heard the truth about Jesus. And they got down, Philip got down out of the chariot and baptized this man from Ethiopia immediately. And I just want to say, if you haven't been baptised, 
I'll invite you seriously to consider it. We had a lady in our church and who was frightened of water. And she, she came to faith and she came to church and she said to me, she said, John, I'm, I can't get baptised. I'm too scared. She was so scared that she wouldn't go under the Dartford Tunnel. I mean, she really was scared of water. And a few years went by and then she came and she said, the Lord told me that I have to get baptised. So we arranged her baptism and went through the service and she was really nervous. But she, she went through it and we baptised her. And I'll never forget, she came up out of the, law, out of the water with this look of absolute joy on her face. And she said, I'd like to do it again. It was a costly step of obedience for her, but she never regretted it. And we've had people that waited a long time for different reasons. But when they did it, we never had anyone come back and say, I wish they had done it that way. It's always the opposite. So, if you've been baptised, thank God for that experience. And may you remember that that was the time when you gave up your old life and committed to follow Jesus Christ and to live your life for him. If you haven't been baptised, I'd say what Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, why are you waiting? We can arrange a baptismal service you here soon if you want to be baptised. Time of baptistry was open here regularly. Baptisms are the most evangelical services that you can have in the church because most people who get baptised invite their families whether they're believers or not and there always seems to be a special sense of God's presence when there is Lord, we thank you that you never give a command unless it is to be obeyed. You never give a command that will not result in blessing when we obey that command. Lord, for those of us who have been baptised, I pray that we would just remember the significance of that occasion and that we would know that living with you and for you is the best life possible. But for those people that have not been baptised, for whatever reason, I pray that you would speak to them and Lord, that they would come to a place where they would know that it is your will for them. And that they would respond obediently and joyfully and willingly and to you and you alone be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good, we're going to worship the Lord now as we respond to him.